This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, agencies get their coronavirus marching orders from the White House. A few agencies are finding ways to keep operations going during the pandemic. And suggestions for keeping those virtual meetings secure. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Agencies have two days to develop and begin implementing risk-based policies and procedures to keep federal workplaces, employees, contractors, and citizens safe from the coronavirus. A new memo from the Office of Management and Budget tells agencies to reduce and reprioritize non-mission critical services to free up capacity for critical services. This includes minimizing face-to-face interactions with the public. The administration also wants agencies to modify existing professional services and labor contracts to extend telework to contractors as much as possible. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services is suspending in-person services at field offices, asylum offices, and application support centers due to the coronavirus. USCIS will send notifications to customers with appointments and naturalization ceremonies impacted by the closures. These services are suspended at least through April 1st. The agency will provide limited emergency services. The IRS is allowing its frontline employees to decide on their own whether they want to continue in-person service interactions. IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick says it's up to each employee to decide what's best for their own health and safety during the coronavirus pandemic. In-person services with coronavirus hotspots should stop immediately, though, and eligible IRS employees should start telework now. But some IRS managers say they're not used to having this much authority or decision-making power. They've been hesitant to approve telework and leave requests on their own. Government contractors are finally getting some guidance from agencies for how to deal with the coronavirus. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. SBA and GSA released new frequently asked questions to help contractors prepare for potential disruptions because of the pandemic. The FAQs give vendors some insights into contract fulfillment or performance interruptions. Meanwhile, the Veterans Affairs Department and GSA raised their respective micro-purchase thresholds and their simplified acquisition thresholds for purchases directly supporting the coronavirus relief effort. For both agencies, the micro-purchase threshold is now at $20,000 and the simplified acquisition threshold is now at $750,000. I'm Jason Miller. Online dispute resolution services are coming soon at the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service. FMCS says it's moving to online collective bargaining and employment mediation to comply with recent social distancing and telework guidance. It'll use secure video teleconferences to host private meetings with mediators and others. The FMCS service will also allow parties to share documents with each other. FMCS says online mediation will allow its employees to telework during the coronavirus pandemic. The Justice Department adopts new procedures so its antitrust division can keep going during the crisis. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Because of mass telework, the antitrust division temporarily changes how it does civil merger investigations. It asks companies with pending mergers or proposals to add 30 days to their timing agreements for justice reviews. The division also postpones depositions but plans to reschedule them after it sets up secure video conferencing. Staff will hold only phone or video conference meetings. And the division will accept so-called Hart-Scott-Rodino filings electronically. I'm Tom Temin. 
And with more federal employees working from home, the National Institute of Standards and Technology gives advice on how to keep those virtual meetings secure. NIST recommends limiting the reuse of access codes for web meetings and conference calls. The agency also recommends limiting the recording of meetings unless necessary and using multi-factor authentication for meetings to discuss sensitive issues. The Defense Department is opening up some of its inventory to the public in response to coronavirus. Federal News Network Scott Massioni reports. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says the Pentagon will provide 5 million N95 masks domestically and open up 14 of its labs to do civilian testing. Esper says DOD will also provide 2,000 deployable ventilators. When you look at the numbers of people that are projected that may need ventilators, 2,000 doesn't put much of a dent into it, but we can offer what we have. Esper says the key is to ramp up production because DOD will not be able to meet the national demand. I'm Scott Massioni. Army Emergency Relief is offering up to $500 to soldiers who recently conducted a permanent change of station and need funds for child care. The Army's nonprofit wing will provide the money for three months after a move in the form of an interest-free loan, a grant, or a mixture of the two. Child care access is a major problem for the Army. The Defense Department says it's currently short about 9,000 daycare employees. Part of that is due to the slow background check process for hiring. The director of the Office of Personnel Management abruptly resigns. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco has more. Dale Cabanis is out as the OPM director. Cabanis had been on the job for six short months. Sources tell Federal News Network she butted heads with the Office of Management and Budget and White House staff over OPM, its mission, and the proposed merger with the General Services Administration. Cabanis was the third person to lead OPM in three years. OPM Deputy Director Michael Regas will be the acting leader. I'm Nicola Grisco. Two former federal data officials are on the move. Former Chief Statistician of the U.S. Nancy Poduck and the General Services Administration's former Chief Data Officer Chris Rowley have joined the Data Foundation's Board of Directors. Poduck stepped down from her previous job at the end of last year, while Rowley left GSA earlier this month. And James Takelet will take over as the new president and CEO of Lockheed Martin starting June 15th. He replaces Marilyn Hewson, who is expected to become executive chairwoman of the board. Takelet joined Lockheed Martin's board in 2018. He's also been president and CEO of the American Tower Corporation since 2004. Government contracting represents more than 60% of all of Lockheed's revenue. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. You can also stay up to date on your agency's latest response to coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Eric White. 